I was a church bunny. You know, I was in church every time the doors opened, all the time, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I tried to be popular, fit in, played sports, but there was always something missing in my life. And later on in my early 20s, I began reading my Bible and understanding that God wanted a relationship with me. After I'd read for a couple of months and, and it just rocked my world, I couldn't believe that, you know, Jesus died for me while I was out sinning against him and being my worst. And I'm excited that God's called me to be a part of this solution. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Steve Cherico, and I'm glad you're here. I'm Brad Skelling. And as always, I'm glad you're here. He's sort of glad. I was talking to the audience, not to you. Oh, my I bad. I've been looking you at you. looked at me. I figured you were talking to I was talking, talking to, to everybody else. Oh, my bad. No, that's good. It's good. What's going on? Another day in the life of the First Priority Land and trying to get after it. It is. And we've got a great show ahead. As always, as for always. our listening audience. Yeah, that's what they say. Five-star reviews only. Yep. High praise. Hey, it's why marketing works. It's because if you say it, people believe it, and they keep listening. Oh, you sound like an evangelist. Do we need to edit that out? So no, you, say like, you sound like an evangelist, but I know. <laughs> All right. Nice. It's the nicest thing you've Speak ever said it to believe me. believe it. Nice uh-huh. job. Well done. Well done. Well, you've got an announcement. What's our announcement this week? Uh, the scholarship. That That's not about? new. That's a, you've been talking about that. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I thought it was new. <laughs> well, in the spring meetings, we got the spring meetings. Ooh, We're going to make that announcement. On the we talked about too. that last week. Nice. Not as an announcement, nice. but the dates are on the calendar. May 1 and 2 in Nashville, Tennessee. Boom. May 8 and 9 in Tampa Bay, Florida. Boom, boom. Save the dates. Registration should be up soon. Like I said last week, a uh, very small nominal fee just to register, uh, and then you just get there, buy a night in a hotel, and uh, you collaborate with a lot of people doing first priority from around the country. So it'll be a good time. That is going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. The scholarship is a good time, too. Um, Talk yes. about it. Uh, leadership scholarship for student leaders, uh, whether they're heading off to college, they've got a gap year program they want to involve themselves in. Um, some type of a gospel initiative that they are planning to launch. Uh, we want to hear about it. And we got $500 so that will go towards the winner. Applications are due April 15. And uh, we will make that decision by May 1st. Like it. And then I'll throw in a plug for our friends at SLU just because I want to. Sure. I didn't ask your permission, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's all right. So Lift Tour is out and about and happening. Yes. Yes. And uh, it is going to be an 8 to 10, the first party's communities. Okay. So you need to check that out on SLU Lead. Go to Lift Tour and look at where they're going to be and mm-hmm. be a part. They'll be in Nashville. Each of those local locations. Yeah. Yes, sir. It'll be awesome. Looking forward to that. Yeah, Nashville one's going to be. What is it's it, going to be good. What is it? Lit. Really is good. It be lit. I almost said epic, and then I almost said off the chain, and then I thought I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> Which generation it's are you be trying really, to appease today? Really, really neat. <laughs> we should rap about that. Yeah, we can. Bring you back to the 80s. You can beatbox. I'll drop. Well, I got a story. You want to hear a story? I do. I like stories. Uh, was perusing through just emails and notes and people who send stuff all the time, just yeah. celebrating what God's up to in their community. And as we have discussed before, one of our newer uh, communities is a district out of East Tennessee. It yes. is the con- Congressional District of East Tennessee. So it's 12 counties that make up East Tennessee. 
And the both director there, David, as well as his coordinators are still gathering intel, mm-hmm. right? There's been a lot of first priority there. In fact, the guy who started first priority, mm-hmm. uh, he was born in that district, mm-hmm. right? He's from that area. Yeah. So there's a lot of first priority that's kind of come and gone there over the years. And they were made aware that in one of the towns, there was a club yeah. that was operating as first priority, but mm-hmm. had not been connected. And so they immediately ran to it this yep. quor- this past quarter and yep. spent some time with it. The people got fired up. The kids got fired up. Hey, this is not just a meeting. Yeah. It's a movement. Yeah. And I love it. out of nowhere, I got a text message. I was on a feed. It wasn't directly to me, but I was on a feed that said, check this out. So yep. many kids at the school and 21 made decisions for Christ today. Wow. Wow. Um, And it was just a good reminder for me that God is always at work in the midst of my business, in the midst of the things I've got going on, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. I think it's all good effort. Yep. God's at work. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. how cool it is that it's not that they were stagnant, but they were definitely looking for help. Yep. They had come to a point where they kind of a make it or break it moment. Mm -hmm. And... The connection happened because Jesus is in control, not they are. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, the very first real time they're together, 21 kids make decisions for Christ. Nice. Th- those kids very likely had been there for a while. Mm-hmm. It was just the ask that was missing. Yeah. Hey, here's an opportunity. Yeah. You ought to consider eternity. Yeah. It makes a so, difference. Super All cool. Great story yeah. out of East Tennessee. Happy for it. those guys. I love it. It does remind me of uh, the number 28. 28. Do tell. Yes. You have no idea where I'm going with no, this. No, I don't. And I love it. Uh, 28. I did some quick math in my head as you were talking. You know, we continue on our busyness and doing our thing, but God is at work. Well, if you do the quick math, every school day this year, there will be approximately 28 students who come to know Jesus in their school through a first priority club, whether we're aware of it or not. It's pretty good. And that's just the ones that we get reported back to us. That's not... Yeah. The one-off club, the youth pastor moves to another town, starts the club back up again. We have no idea it's happening. We don't know anything about that. Those are just the numbers we know of lives changed uh, for eternity. That's worth putting your life to. 28 a day. Today, it's happening again. Praise God for that. Mm -hmm. Unless you're listening to this on a Saturday. Then First Party ain't doing nothing. Good golly. You could have just stopped. <laughs> I should have just stopped. As a bunch, of, as a bunch of people say, praise God and hit end to the podcast. <laughs> so let's jump into talking about Tim and, and what we're doing with the podcast today with Tim. Yeah. So uh, that's a good transition. You're like welcome. That. You're Thank welcome. You. Dear Lord. <laughs> that might have been the best awkward moment ever on the podcast. If you're it. watching the vidcast right now, oh, Brad is as red oh, as the tiles that, that are on the wall here. That's great. Um Yes, Tim Bargo. We'll go back to that. So once a month, so you get a little bit of an inside staff scoop. Uh, we have a district coach, coaching call. So coaching call. we invite the district staff in on a Monday morning. Um, tips, tricks of the trade. Um, everybody there is fairly brand new. I mean, we've got Haley there who's been there for 15 years in in East Tennessee. Um but other than that, they're all they're all brand new. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about first priority. What what is the things we talk about? Some systems. We talk about some fundraising. We talk about a lot of different things in that hour long coaching call once a month. Yep. This past month, uh, we had Tim Bargo come in. This came out of one of the quarterly meetings where our staff are trying to raise some monthly partners um, to 
to help fund their districts. Yep. Um, obviously, yeah, um, there's there's money there, but we've hired them, but we still need to sustain that. So that's part of what they're doing. And uh, yeah, just straight up, they weren't having the success with that as they wanted to. And I'm like, well, we've got a guy who's been through the, the four-day training, um, and it's very similar, whether it's AMP or NAM or crew, yeah. um, they're all kind of, there's a very similar thing. You have your cup on the God ask book here today. Yep. Uh, it's kind of that same circle of thought of influence there. And he's been through that. He has a, uh, a manual he goes through. And if you are watching this on YouTube, you're going to be able to see his three ring binder flip chart as he walks through this um, podcast today. But so I set that up to give you context of, of why we had Tim on, what we're doing, and we're going to trim it down to really his presentation because there's right. a lot of conversation that uh, can go on with this. Yeah, sure. But there's a few things that are that are valuable, I think, out of Tim's talk. One, just his presentation. If you can kind of follow his outline, you know, walking through the crisis, getting people to feel with you, saying that, yes, uh, Warren talks about that all the time. You don't ask people to what volunteer or give financially um, at the end. You get them to say yes throughout the meeting. Sure. And Tim does that. Sure. Um, he's got a great outline that you can follow, telling the story, going back to stats, going back to story. And um, he, he pays attention to the details. You mentioned the details of the club. They just needed to ask, and students responded to the gospel yeah, report, right? Correct. This is the same thing with, with partner development. Whether you're asking people to partner with their time or their treasure, yep. it's it's really the same thing, and you got to ask. And he walks through that as well. Um, I think it's good uh, information that we just wanted to share, so you can our listening audience can um, learn a little bit more, another perspective again, a first priority, and be trained on how to share this vision uh, a little bit better through example. Yeah, and if you've not spent a lot of time with Tim Bargo out of East Kentucky, what you're going to learn is that he is. Um, doesn't think he's very intelligent, although he is extremely <laughs> right. intelligent, but he'll exactly. say that, right? Puts himself you'll down also, a lot. You'll yep. also learn from Tim mm -hmm. that he is just salt of the earth. Yep. Just a regular dude yep. that feels like God has called him to something that is extraordinary. And and so well, I won't take too much away from it, but yep. that's another of the setup of it. So let's jump into to what he has to say and then we'll come back. Sounds good. Obviously, I would start out, I would have introduction. I would know you, Will. My name's Tim Bargo. You know who I am. I mean, I've made three or four phone calls to set this up and I'm in a one-on-one -on -one appointment, a restaurant at your house or somewhere like that. So I will skip that part of it. We all want to take you back when you were in middle and high school. I want you to think about those times, you know, just if you need to close your eyes or not, but just kind of put yourself back there and just thinking about what your life was like back then. And then what was some of the challenges that you may have had, Will, when you were in middle and high school? Uh, trying to fit in um trying not to fight every other guy around me uh dealt with a lot of bullying um you know trying to to stand out um trying to figure out what it means to to live out my my faith what were some of the spiritual challenges you had in those days um trying to to fit in while also trying to stand out if that makes sense trying to fit in with uh uh with the the cool crowd that I was trying to to be around while also uh trying to figure out what my faith looked like outside of you know my youth group so were you in church in those days 
I was. So hard trying to balance the being a Christian and being what you wanted to be at school because they didn't always line up maybe. Yes. Yeah. yeah, a lot of tough times like that. Myself, I had a lot of those same scenarios. Let me introduce you to a young lady named Allison. She was saved at the age of eight, but she fell away from God when she entered in the high school realm. She became a victim of bullying, as you talked about, uh, which led to depression for her. And to cope with this, she began cutting herself. Her parents were Christians and they tried different avenues and they didn't really know how to, to work through this kind of scenario. And they actually had got her some uh, help through some mental capacities and, and hospitals and doctors. Uh, and she ended up making a stay in a psychiatric hospital for a while. And then after she returned home, uh, some circumstances led her to rededicate her life back to the Lord, realizing that God had never left her. And it's an intriguing story that I'll finish later on for us. Uh, there's a lot of competition for the hearts and minds of students today. Would you agree, Will, that they're having a, they have much harder things to deal with than you and I did when we were middle and high school? Uh, I think uh, I think it's more prevalent. Um, I don't think they're dealing with anything completely new, um, other than the management of technology. But yeah, I mean, it's a definitely a a, a challenge. Yeah, statistics I read, you know, basically tells us that. What we dealt with, I mean, I'm in my 50s, so I'll be blunt and say that, but what we dealt with in, in middle and high school, they deal with by the time they're in the fifth or sixth grade now. Because yeah, of the you're right. Media. Absolutely. And so it definitely is tough. Students are easily influenced during this age. We know that the majority of them say they have little sense of hope or any kind of direction. And well over 50% of them didn't have their biological father in the home with them today, uh, which is something I had that really helped me to get through a lot of those times. A heart for the lost is a driving force behind reaching every student with the message of God's love and forgiveness. And we have a first priority unwavering belief that God is willing to able to reach every single student on campus without a doubt. You can see a picture here. That's of one of our meetings. I know it's hard for you guys to see. I'll put that in parentheses, uh, but in person, it's not too hard. And just some students gathering uh, in a circle and hanging out together. The encouraging thing is that God is bringing an increasing number of students in a relationship with Himself. I want to tell you a little bit about my story growing up. Uh, I, I kind of consider it like a dust bunny. You guys know what a, you know what a dust bunny is that hangs around in the corners. Uh, my grandfather was an evangelist, so we traveled to several different churches. Uh, wasn't a real hardcore member of one church. We kind of followed him around as I can remember growing up, um, and, and so. I was a church bunny. You know, I was in church every time the doors opened all the time, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I tried to be popular, fit in, played sports, but there was always something missing in my life. And later on in my early 20s, I began reading my Bible and understanding that God wanted a relationship with me. Uh, I had two children that were young, and I remember getting a Bible out of a nightstand drawer, um, taking it out of the box, taking the wrapper off of it. It had never been opened. It was a wedding present and just starting to read scripture because I was raised in church and knew that things, you know, were missing in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I came across Romans 5, 8 after I'd read for a couple of months and, and it just rocked my world. I couldn't believe that, you know, Jesus died for me while I was out sinning against him and being my worst. Um, and, and so my whole worldview changed. I desired to worship God, to serve others, share what he'd done for me. And a few late, years later, I was asked to quit my secular job and to work in ministry full time. And then after 10 years of serving two different churches, I felt called to be a missionary, uh, basically in order to, meet, to reach more students than I could as a youth pastor. 
with the gospel. And I'm excited that God's called me to be a part of this solution. Um, I began bringing churches together to reach the friends for Christ, even when I was a youth pastor. But this ministry called First Priority brings churches together to reach the students on the campus for Christ. And our early area, I only had five or six First Priority clubs when God called me full time to start First Priority in this area and to expand it. And again, we have the unwavering belief that God is able and willing and wants to reach every student on every campus. And, and you know, our heart, our heartbeat is constantly for evangelism and reaching students with the gospel uh, for salvation. And as far as discipleship goes, we, we kind of leave that back to the local church. Um, and so it's important to understand that as we go forward. You may be thinking, what is First Priority? It's a Christian club that meets on public school campus, uh, but not only Christians come, everybody is allowed to come to the meeting. Part of my calling is to unite the churches and train the student leaders along with adult volunteers, hold them accountable, give them an effective evangelistic strategy to use. Uh, and then another vital part that has became part of our ministry here to raise awareness of First Priority in Southeast Kentucky is, is we do a couple large events each year. Uh, and it's solely just to prop up and keep our first priority ministry running and to get more local churches involved and can make our network lunches uh, that we have. We equip new believers to share their faith right off of the bat and be able to empower them to stand for Christ. There was a middle school student who was constantly in trouble with school administration. He was invited by a friend to start attending first priority. He accepted Christ a couple months later. Toward the school year, the principal met with him and asked him what had changed. The student told the principal he'd accepted Christ and was a totally different person. He asked him how his home life was going because he knew it had been rough. And the student told him that when he started riding a church bus to, to church on Wednesday nights, that his sister started going with him. Then she attended first party in her high school and then she had accepted Christ. And then among further discussion, uh, the young man went on to tell basically the principle that his mom and dad and two other siblings had all became Christians after he had accepted Christ through first priority and was attending church on a Wednesday night. We support Christian students to actually lead these meetings so that it's almost a positive peer pressure uh, that keeps them going. Let's go back to Allison for just a moment. Will you remember her? She received a letter from a friend basically asking her to come to first priority. Out of all the invite posters and things we've saw, that's the first time I heard of somebody just writing a friend a letter because they knew they were struggling and asking them, hey, why don't you come to first priority? And she was against it at first, not believing she was good enough to come. After she came a few times, they talked to her about being in leadership, knowing she had a church background. Um, and so she got involved with first priority as she was healing through her mental issues she was dealing with. Um, she started to walk with God back, as we said earlier started connecting with Christian students, was involved in church, and then basically her senior year became a first priority leader, uh, using her past 100% to not only tell her story publicly in front of her peers, but also to lead several of her peers to first priority meetings uh, where her friends accepted Christ. We teach our student leaders that God loves them and forgives everyone. It's their job to share that message and not to be judgmental, uh, to bring their peers to have a comfortable place in their school, whether it's walking in from a hallway to a classroom, to a gym, to a library, 
we, we constantly remind them that it's a lot easier to get them to take two steps out of a hallway into a first priority meeting than all the bells and whistles it takes to get them into a church on Wednesday night. And one of the things we say, like to say here is, you know, you can't clean a fish before you catch it. And we like for kids to come to first priority, get saved. And then we worry about getting them in church and the discipleship. Uh, we have annual events, as I said, here, community rallies. We've brought together over 120 churches in this area. We saw up to over 2,000 people come out in attendance of some of these events we do that we use to, to motivate and train our leaders uh, just in this area. So in 2008, five local Christian business leaders and myself founded First Party Tri-County. Our vision is to see the hope of Christ in every student. Um, we want to obviously bring the churches together. We are a 501c3 nonprofit uh, ministry. And just like many other missionaries, First Party depends on consistent financial prayer support from ministry partners to carry on ministry. Contributions from individuals are the most important uh, partnership system and financial support system for First Party missionaries that we all rely on for our income. Before I share with you how that we're funded, do you have any questions, Will? I do not. not. We're funded solely through donations from individuals, civic groups, churches, and businesses that care about students and support our mission of bringing the hope of Christ to every student. We must find a team of partners who are willing to give $100 a month to support our ministry to students as we build this team, which will continue in our ministry assignment, although we're not fully funded yet. But it's a two-way partnership, as I said. We're not asking for a handout. We're not asking for alms. We're not standing by the side of the road. Uh, we believe that God is at work in the schools and so we are assisting him there and we're looking for people to partner with us as we partner with God. Our commitment back to you is to work diligently to touch the lives of people for Jesus Christ, to be good stewards of the resources that God provides, to regularly let you know God's activity and blessings in this ministry by a monthly prayer letter that comes the old fashioned way. It's printed out, it's stuck in an envelope in snail mail and you can open it up and take it to your church or stick it on your refrigerator each month and also in that prayer letter share concerns uh, prayer requests we have and then also answers to prayer so that we can celebrate together so we want you to understand it's a two-way commitment and it's not just asking for a handout your partnership will can make a difference in reaching students for christ would you make a commitment today by pledging a hundred dollars or some other amount monthly support absolutely Usually takes a little longer than that. Silence is not bad, by the way. <laughs> well, thanks, Will. We'll get some paperwork started in a moment, but also there's another vital way that you can help. I mean, it sounds like that God's tugged on your heart. You see him working with us in the schools. You want to partner with us, but, but we need, as I said, we're not fully funded, so we need more support. And there's another vital way that you can help. So is there some people that you can think of uh, about helping us that might be interested in making a, a partnership with us, just like you've just committed to. Maybe it's somebody you go to church with. Maybe it's somebody in your small group. Maybe it's some friends and neighbors you have or some family members that just have a passion for students to see the gospel. 
Yeah. Yeah. Think about your circle of friends right now and, and shoot me some first names out. Somebody you think that might be willing to sit down like this and either you or myself go through this, this conversation with them. Right. I can think of Jared, one of my discipleship group leaders, um, our missions pastor, Jerry. Um, I can think of, you know, a guy that I play softball with named Ryan. Yeah. Awesome. And, and you can, what I have is I have like an email template I can send you that you can copy and paste and send it to them, or you can just make a phone call if you're comfortable with them. And, you know, I'd love to, to come back to your living room and you and I and them sit down. If you're not comfortable with that, maybe meet us out for coffee or lunch one day where I can start a relationship with them and then I can go to their house with or without you. But obviously that's a vital way to continue to help us in building what we're trying to do here. So now I've got a commitment card uh, that, that I have in front of me here and I'm going to show you. Will, would you like to give writing a check monthly uh, automatic bank withdrawal or through a credit card? What would be your preference? Automatic bank withdrawal. Okay, I've got this form. I'm going to just fill out your name. You're going to tell me your name, your address. I'm going to write everything down for you. I'm going to do all the work here. You don't have, you just got to give me the information, but I will need a voided check uh, when we finish this up. You want to get that from you if your wife carries the checkbook. And then uh, on the 15th of next month, this will automatically start coming out of your checking account and it'll come out every month. You'll, you'll get a welcome letter from us. You'll also get a prayer letter every month that'll come. So be watching for it, as I said, so that you can see that this is a two-way street and that we're partners in the ministry. Well, thanks for your time. And I really appreciate the fact that uh, God touched your heart to help us as we help him. Well, as you said, Steve, uh, Tim is salt of the earth kind of guy, uh, loves the Lord. Uh, he's a passionate evangelist. Yes. Um, and he's good at what he does. It's the reason he's been a successful first party director for so long. Well, you did a good setup. Give us one takeaway from today that you really was good for you as you were listening to it. Because I mean, you heard it before, but what was one takeaway for you? My, my takeaway, from it's a big picture takeaway, but my takeaway walking away both from the call and then listening in again was um, just be prepared. Yeah. Like we walk in and expect to just sell this. Hey, I'm passionate about it. And and the vision does sell. There's That's one of the reasons we're still here. I say that often. Um, we are still here. Uh, I'm still working for First Party 15 years later because people want to take the hope of Christ to every student, yeah, correct. right? Yeah. But Tim has planned, he's prepared, he's paid money, he's gone to training, mm -hmm. and they fine-tuned that with him. You didn't get to hear him talking about uh, the... Yeah, they're like, nope, that's not good enough. And he'd go back and rewrite it at this training and do it again and do it again and do it again. And and he didn't give up with mm -hmm. that. Um, he prepared, he planned, he continues to tweak even yep. today. Yep. His stories continue to get updated. His numbers obviously get updated. The outline stays the same, but he puts a lot of preparation and planning into, um, I mean, he's not Tri-County anymore. His, his the, the chapter that he runs is called First Party Tri-County, but he's in six. Yep. And because he's good at what he does and he's very intentional with his words, great. with his presentations and with his ask. How about you? What'd you learn? Well, I'm going to use the last word that you said, which is ask. Yeah. Right. And what yep. you said earlier is my, is my takeaway, right? He yep. gets a yes throughout the process. Yep. And that's a lesson learned for, you said, you said, um, 
time and treasure, but I was also thinking about talent, those three yeah. that come together, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's a word for all the networks we build, right? Is that sometimes people are just sitting there saying, I, thanks for building a relationship. That's cool. What do you want from me, right? right and just exactly. the ability to say, man, here's the bottom line. Bottom line is come with me. Yeah. I'd love for you to be a part of this. Well, yep. man, my, exactly. my schedule is so tight and lots. Man, I totally get it. Yep. Let's walk through what this is actually asking because let's make sure that there's clarity. Mm-hmm on what you think I'm asking for. I'm not asking yeah. for you to become a youth pastor on the school campus. Mm -hmm. I'm asking for you to coach one segment. Of, anyway, so you can you can follow that. And just the ability to bring clarity in the ask and clarity yep. in the ask and clarity mm -hmm. in the ask along the way, I think was, was my takeaway. He brought confidence. That's, that's yeah. how I felt while he was going through his end. Uh, most people, and I pictured myself in those situations because I've done this, I've, I've raised support to come on staff and to go through that end part and to say, hey, let's fill this out together. Yep. You know, he's confident. But what I felt was by doing that, it gave me confidence to say, oh, he's going to take care of me. Yeah. This isn't going to be uh, a one-sided relationship. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it gave me confidence. His confidence gave me confidence. It's good. So it was good. It was good. Well, you know, you mentioned it. I think it's a good way to close. Those of you who are readers, The God Ask sits on our shelf, just like yep. the EOS uh, training book does. And highly recommend that as a as a book that's not hard to read. Yep. A book that you can eat in bite-sized pieces and not feel like you have to get through it in one week's time, right? Yep. You really can eat it slowly. So highly recommend that. That's sitting on the vidcast. The God Ask is written by Steve Shadrach. Steve Shadrach. I just want to make sure I got his name right. Yep. And, uh, and you can get it anywhere. But we've also got copies here at the office if you need one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, God already has the people in place. We just need to go find them. Yep. And uh, that will bring great joy to their lives. So to be a part of this movement, just like it is to ours. Absolutely. Well, Brad, that's another great podcast. It is a great podcast because it is a joy for you to be in my life. Yeah. Good discussion. Thank you for uh, for leading today. As you can tell, I'm ignoring everybody. Yep. I'm ignoring Brad and keeping going. So there we go. Another good day, man. Thanks it for being in the, in the studio and everybody. Thanks for being here. Make sure you give us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you choose. Also comment, like and share. That is always helpful as we're out there telling the story. And uh, we look forward to being with you again really soon. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. Till then.